As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 30th of October. I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Manchester is blue after the big derby goes City's way. Liverpool win at home yet again. This was about as one-sided a Premier League game as you'll ever see. They were dominant from start to finish. And Jude Bellingham stars in one of world football's grandest games. Alfredo Di Stefano is like recognised as the greatest player in Madrid's history, did amazing things. Even he didn't have such an impact in his first few games at Madrid. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. We'll bring you news of all the major results from across Europe shortly, but we start in Manchester where Pep Guardiola's City brushed aside United at Old Trafford with a 3-0 victory. Bernardo Silva and Haaland had to! Erling Haaland, massive everywhere he goes. Rodri clouted it, Onana reacted, Haaland's onto it! Foden steers it home. Manchester City gloriously greedy. It's another blue derby day. Erling Haaland scored twice and then set up a third for Phil Foden in what was a comfortable victory for City, albeit one that began with a controversial penalty decision going their way when Rasmus Hoyland was judged to have fouled Rodri. We'll get the City verdict first with Sam Lee. Three and easy for City, Sam. You must have enjoyed watching that. Yeah, the first half, City dominated, but I thought they were a little bit sloppy. And maybe that's me hiding, uh, holding them to high standards. Uh, second half was, to be fair, it was exactly what I kind of expected beforehand. And again, maybe my expectations were a bit unfair. But after seeing that United team, seeing City's team, you did think that was how it was going to play out. And obviously, recent form plays into that. I guess the penalty was was a, a pivotal moment. You know, if United got, got some momentum in the first goal, maybe things would have been different. But thereafter, apart from a couple of saves on the stroke of a half-time, it never really felt like an even contest. So, yeah, in, in the first half, like I say, City were dominant but sloppy. But that sloppiness did entail you know, Grealish and Foden giving United free passes to launch counter-attacks. Gradiol lost the ball early. Um, that gave United a good attack. They obviously had the two decent chances just before half-time. Um, that show you know, there is there is jeopardy in this game for City. It wasn't always as easy as it looked in the end. Um, the penalty, well, look, if you, if you go one enough when you're City and you know United is struggling, then it's obviously going to be pivotal. Um, I mean, I, I, I gather it's contentious. It, 
people might think this is obvious. For me being the city reporter, but I, I thought it was obviously a penalty. Um, and if it's obviously a penalty, then you kind of you get what you deserve. But no, I take the point overall. You know, if it, if it had carried on nil nil, you know, I'd still in it. But I would have always had faith in City to come out second half and play better, which is obviously what they did. Even the most ardent United fan would argue that that was you know the, the biggest issue to take away today. 16 goals in 18 games for club and country for Erling Haaland. Is his difficult second season record? How good was he? The thing is with Haaland, if you give him the ball, he's, he's probably going to score. The interesting thing this season in terms of that second season, normally if he doesn't get the ball, people go, oh, he's only had four touches. It's not his fault, is it? Clearly. And Guardiola said, if he's not getting touches, that's because the players, the other players aren't doing their job. Their game's not as good as it's supposed to be. The interesting thing about him this season was he was having chances and he was missing more of them than you'd expect. And again, maybe our expectations over too high but again you know, he was deadly at the end if you give him chances he's going to score in terms of hold up play and that kind of thing he didn't get too much joy in the aerial jewels and that kind of stuff but when City play their game and they, they can build up as they like to and they move through the gears he's going to get chances and it's all so dangerous again we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago when, you, when, the, when there were issues with this team and Rodri was missing and they were losing a couple of matches, but a couple of tactical tweaks, obviously Rodri's back, some players improving, you know, Grealish looking better. They're sort of approaching somewhere near their best, would you say? The interesting thing was this starting lineup was the most like one of the lineups from their trouble running last season. And if we go back to that Wolves game, like you say, Rodri was missing and that forced a lot of big parts to be moved around. And basically City, at the start of the season, they've still been very good, but they haven't quite been a full City experience. The lineups have been very different. New players like Kovacic, particularly when Rodri was out, have had to take on greater roles than they expected. Doku as well, with Grealish uh, having injuries and struggling to perform. Ultimately, City looked much more like their old selves and that's why there's no concerns really about where they're going to go this season. Unless Rodri misses out again and they can't solve the problem. But... As long as those pieces are there, but, you know, there's, there's still a lot Thanks, Sam. United have now lost as many home games since Sir Alex Ferguson left than they did in the whole of his 21-year Old Trafford tenure. Pretty depressing. Dan Sheldon was there for the Athletic. Not a great afternoon for United fans, Dan. How do you sum up that one? You, know, you kind of go into the game and you think, you know, being a derby, it might even things out for United. But the two teams where they are at the moment, they're just they're worlds apart. With with the greatest respect in the world, when you're starting at a fence with Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans at centre back and Victor Lindelof at left back, you're asking for trouble against the City team who have so much quality throughout the pitch, and you know, and that showed it in a comfortable three 0 win for City. What about the change at half-time with Amrabat being taken off? They seemed to lose a bit of control in the second half and never really regained it again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Although I, I, I don't think Sofian Amrabat had had the greatest sort of forty-five minutes. You know, he, he did okay, but but nothing special. Clearly, not enough for, for Ten Hag to to think he deserved to stay on the pitch. But you know, bringing Mount on, maybe he was clearly thinking about trying to create a bit more going forward. But I, I can't remember Mason Mount touching the ball in that second half. He made no impact whatsoever, and you know, maybe harsh to, to single him out when United across the pitch were poor. But yeah, that change just didn't work by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it was a pretty contentious penalty decision for the opening goal, but to look at that, does that sort of ignore United's you know, failings pretty much all over the pitch? The penalty did come at a key moment, right? It was, it was nil-nil. You know, and I think United will feel hard done by, the, by that penalty. You know, I haven't watched the replay several times, and this is just my opinion. I, I think it's soft. You know, I, I don't think Rodri's getting that ball. Once you go 1-0 down to this Man City team and you're United and, you know, you've struggled past... Sheffield United, you've struggled past Copenhagen. You know, it was always going to be an uphill task from that moment. And City just, I want to say they toyed with United, but they just kept United at bay. 
dominated possession, dominated the game. United rarely touched the ball in the City's penalty box in the first half. It took them 20 minutes in the second half to get a first touch inside City's penalty area. Such was City's dominance. I mean, it, this was, you know, just a out-and-out brilliant performance by Man City against the United team that, that is struggling. I mean, United have, you know, roused themselves for this fixture in, in, in the recent past, including last season, of course. But th- is this just a pretty fair reflection of, of where they're at right now? Absolutely. I think so. I think so. Again, look at United's back four. You know, I, I think that, that kind of paints a pretty clear picture at the moment. The midfield wasn't great, evidenced by Amrabat coming off and Mount coming on. Going forward, you know, United, there's lack of impetus really going forward in, you know, this season. And Boyland got substituted early, much to the dismay of United fans at Old Trafford, who, you know, broke out a pretty loud chorus of boos at that decision by Ten Hag. Rashford, again, not really on the pace, had an opportunity in the second half. Dragged it wide after doing the hard work of controlling the ball and taking it past Walker. There's a case for Andre Anana to be the man of the match. And when you're saying that when a team's lost 3-0, it, it, it's quite something. And you can hear all the fallout from United's defeat on the Talk of the Devils podcast. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Elsewhere in the Premier League on Sunday, Aston Villa continued their excellent form with a 3-1 win over Luton, while Everton picked up a big three points at West Ham thanks to Dominic Calvert-Lewin's winner. Brighton's winless run in the league extended to four matches after they drew one all at home to Fulham. Liverpool dedicated their win over Nottingham Forest to Luis Diaz after reports that his parents had been kidnapped back home in Colombia. Here's our Liverpool correspondent James Pearce from Anfield. Liverpool back within three points of leaders. Tottenham with an emphatic victory over Nottingham Forest at Anfield. This was about as one-sided a Premier League game as you'll, you'll ever see. First time this season that Jurgen Klopp's side have kept successive top-flight clean sheets. And they're also really starting to click as an attacking force. They were dominant from start to finish. It was Jota who got the ball rolling. He was on hand to slot home after Nunes's shot had been parried. And there was a lovely moment where Jota ran to the bench and held up Luis Diaz's shirt as everyone inside Anfield applauded. The Colombian certainly in everyone's thoughts as we await news on his father who was who was kidnapped in his homeland. So that was, you know, Diaz's name was chanted repeatedly by the cop, a real show of support for him. And Liverpool just kicked on after they'd, they'd, they'd gone in front and, and really Forrest had no response. The second one, Zabozlai and Salah combining brilliantly Nunes on hand to convert from close range and then to be honest the second half was just about damage limitation for Forrest and another bit of history for Mo Salah becomes only the third Liverpool player in history to score in each of the club's opening five home league games of a season following in the footsteps of Harry Chambers in 1922 and John Aldridge in 1987 so Liverpool go from strength to strength Jude Bellingham continued his scarcely believable start to life at Real Madrid with yet another match-winning performance, this time in the biggest fixture of all, El Clasico. Barcelona had opened the scoring early on through Ilkay Gundogan. Gundogan, trying to go for the 1-2 with Torres Alaba, will have to be quick. Gundogan's in here and puts Barcelona ahead! There's his first goal for the club and what a time to score it! Enter Bellingham, who scored a 30-yard screamer to bring his team level. Here's Bellingham. Oh! a tracer bullet he's done it again Jude Bellingham he explodes one into the back of the net and then the English wonder kid only went and did it again in stoppage time was in there and so was Bellingham so was Bellingham again to win it for Real Madrid he 
it's incredible the story that's unfolding with him. Bellingham's dramatic winner sent Real back to the top of La Liga and was his 13th goal in his 13th appearance for the club. That's the same tally some bloke called Cristiano Ronaldo had at the start of his Real career. The Athletics La Liga correspondent Dermot Corrigan is here to sum up Bellingham's greatness. Dermot, can you put into context the start Bellingham has had at Madrid? I can't really because there is no context but we've never seen anything like this before like Cristiano Ronaldo came to to Real Madrid he was a Ballon d'Or already he scored a lot of goals in his in his first games but he wasn't scoring two goals to to win a Clásico he didn't get 13 goals in his first 13 games Alfredo De Stefano is like recognizes the greatest player in Madrid's history did amazing things even he didn't have such an impact in his first few games at Madrid and it was funny even during the game there's a feeling that Barca were doing well, they were 1-0 up, you know, Madrid looked out of sorts, you know, disjointed, but everybody's like, maybe Bellingham will do something, and then he just did, like, out of nowhere scores this amazing goal, and then it's one all, and you think, okay, Madrid will probably take take a draw, but not him, you know, gets forward, does what he has to do, scores the goal, and it it's amazing, but it's become kind of expected almost because of, of what he's doing. It can't go on forever, and he's not going to score a goal a game for the next 10 years for Madrid, but it is unbelievable what he's doing, and so admirable as well like fair juice to, to the kid it's amazing Barcelona controlled most of this game but then obviously you know let it slip away what's been the reaction and the mood amongst the team after this one yeah really interesting Xavi after the game was quite Xavi like and said you know we played well we deserve to win we controlled a lot of the game and that's a very Barca reaction to, to a Clasico to say that the result's not nearly not even the most important thing if we keep performing like this then it'll be okay but Gundogan afterwards, who's just after arriving at the club, you know, so many years at, at Man City under Pep Guardiola, was like, I'm surprised. He kind of felt that he had to go out and say something because he was surprised at how how accepting the Barcelona players were, were of the defeat. And that's kind of something that you could put at Barca over the last five, six, seven, eight, eight years that when, you know, they almost are happy enough to have, have played well and they think maybe the next time we'll win it. Um, and it's a problem for them. And I think Gundogan had his finger on it. Ter Stegen after the game also looked a bit disappointed. He was, wasn't so happy with Bellingham. I don't think he was happy about letting in the first goal. Um, and Ter Stegen is one of the few maybe kind of prickly characters in the Barca dressing room who will, you know, shout a bit, get angry a bit. It's a young dressing room. It's a lot of new players. It's guys who don't have been at the club that long or don't have that much experience. And it's a problem for, for Xavi and Laporta to sort out. There's no doubt that two Englishmen are leading the way in European football right now, with Harry Kane scoring a hat-trick in a remarkable match in Munich. And Kane is going to go for it. Has he beaten Sean? Oh, I don't believe that! That is absolutely extraordinary! Bayern and opponents Darmstadt had three players sent off between them in the first half, and then Bayern promptly scored eight in the second half, with one of Kane's goals come from inside his own half. He scored 13 in nine in the Bundesliga, although Bayern still aren't top of the table as Bayer Leverkusen just keep on winning. In Italy, AC Milan drew 2-2 away at Napoli, despite being 2-0 up thanks to two Olivier Giroud goals. Inter is still top after beating Roma 1-0 at San Siro, where the returning Romelu Lukaku didn't get the best of receptions. And one of the biggest stories in European football this season continues to surprise with Ajax, four-time European champions and one of the most famous club names in the world, now bottom of the Dutch league after a fifth consecutive defeat, this time a 5-2 thrashing away at leaders PSV. 
And in France, there were some horrific scenes as the Leontine bus arriving for a match at Marseille was pelted with stones and rocks before the game. Lyon boss Fabio Grosso was injured during the attack and left bleeding from the face. The match was called off soon afterwards. Right, that's all for today. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ben Green. If you're new to the show, we'd love you to subscribe and come back for more and feel free to leave us a review if you can. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. The Athletic.